This is the BizBuzz Podcast. Two young entrepreneurs give their perspective on business, entrepreneurship, and investing. This is presented by Trade Labs and the University of Iowa's Founders Club. Hi, everyone. Back again with the episode two of the BizBuzz podcast. I'm your host, Noah Lafredo, and I'm back with Corbin Sesker, my co-host. We've got a pretty packed episode today. Going to be talking about why you should start investing, how you should start investing, give a little market news update. A lot of stuff happened this week on the stock market, and we're going to be uh, interviewing one of our good friends, Carter Gornick, who's a pretty experienced trader, and I think he's got a lot of good insight to share with you guys. I'm going to let Corbin uh, get right into it. All right, so welcome back. I'm excited to share um, our passion for investing and give you a a quick overview. We um, got a ton of questions last week on how to start investing and how to start with little to no money and how can I begin and start the journey. And those are great questions because everyone goes through them and we just want to share our experiences. And that's why I'm super excited for Carter to come on and share how he went from, you know, a 14 year old kid. Uh, starting out until where he is today as, you know, a sophomore in college and just kind of the path of what he took, his, you know, his losses, his gains, what he's learned, all that stuff. So I'm excited um, to get into investing in general. Uh, My friends, Noah makes fun of me all the time and we get a chuckle out of this, but I always am quoted as saying compounding returns is the eighth wonder of the world. And I get a lot of my quotes from Warren Buffett because I read a lot of his books, but compounding returns essentially is just a series of gains and those gains are magnified over 25 to 30 years. And that's why we're urging everyone to become more financially aware and start putting their money into good investments and start learning because you have to start your series at at a young age. And we're lucky enough today with the the use of technology and the increase of technology that investing couldn't be easier to start. And uh, we just want you to get your series of gains started. Uh, Noah, if you want to highlight financial literacy and what we're all about here. Yeah. So going off of what Corbin said, I think one of the biggest, most important reasons why everyone should get started investing at an early age, uh, pretty much as soon as possible beyond the returns that you'll make, obviously, in 30 years. Uh, The money's great, but even more so, you gain a lot of knowledge from being involved in the stock market and increasing your exposure uh, to the stock market. You learn a lot about uh, global economics, uh, what's going on around you in the world of business which can actually have a direct impact on like life decisions you make. Let's say you're leaving college and want to buy a house and settle down somewhere, or you're looking for up and coming industries that you want to enter into the job market. A lot of those things can be directly seen and the effects can directly be seen in the stock market. So if you're paying attention every week, you'll, you'll start to pick up on these things and learn and be a lot more aware of what's going on around you. And I think that's, I think that's one of the most important things about being involved in the stock market. Go along with that financial literacy, a cool thought uh, that we wanted to pass along. And I read a ton of stuff on Warren Buffett and his lessons are so easily understood. And um, one of the things is, yes, there is risk in the stock market and we are not urging you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. And back to the financial literacy, you know, just learning at it, learning about it and listening to it and watching and being aware helps. But the thought of this is, Um, Ted Williams was a famous baseball player, you know, arguably known as the best 
hitter um, to ever live. And he explains it, uh, it. He explains hitting as just a strike zone with heated squares, you know, grid. It's a grid. And it, what it shows is that if he were to swing at pitches in the middle of the zone, he would hit 458, which would be incredible and he'd be hall of fame worthy if he had to swing at pitches you know towards the outer portions of the plate and down low in a way where it's harder to hit he would hit 158 and what warren buffett wants to hit home is that in investing it's the coolest thing you don't have to swing at any bad pitches you can watch a million bad pitches go by and you never have to swing what we're urging you to look for is those 10 to 20 really good pitches that you can knock out of the park and over time make a ton of money and become more financially set as you move throughout your life. So and it's a cool thought and story to go along with. And I hope that can easier explain what we're going for here. Exactly. If you're if you're watching the stock market for 30 years every single day, you're going to come across a lot more great opportunities than if you're not watching it every week and you're just looking at it every couple of years because you're not really thinking about it. So those opportunities come a lot more people who are more exposed. Uh, to move on, uh, we want to talk about how you should get started investing because we also received a lot of questions from the last episode about people unsure of like really where to begin. And I think we want to really drive home that, like Corbin said, with technology, it's never been easier to get started investing. And uh, we really urge everyone to get started with Robinhood and or the app Acorns. Both of these apps uh, are available on the App Store, iOS, Android. They both have websites, but they're great for beginners because they're super user-friendly. They're easy to use. They're not complicated. They're quick to sign up. It only takes about five to 10 minutes. And beyond that, they do some pretty cool things. So specifically with Acorns, uh, when you when you invest through Acorns, it, you can set up recurring monthly or weekly deposits of however much money you can budget, you can afford to invest, but it'll automatically put that money into ETFs and index funds for you over time so that it's automating that process and you don't even have to think about what companies, how much money, how much risk do I want to put into this and this. You can just choose a long-term goal, set your risk level, and then it'll do the rest for you, which is the best part for beginners because a lot of beginners struggle with, well, I don't know what company uh, I should be investing in. I don't know uh, where the market's headed. I don't know all these things. It's pretty daunting as a beginner, but Acorns really kind of takes that scare away and does it all for you. Another cool app is called Robinhood. Um, you've probably seen it somewhere in advertising, but essentially it's a brokerage firm. And what's really cool about this one is there is a promo that if you sign up through a link that anyone who, who already uses it has, um, you can invite friends and get a free stock. So we will uh, put a link out there in which you can get your free stock and get started. But essentially it's the same process, super easy to get going. You sign up, you put in your bank account information, um, your social security, just a few questions takes five to 10 minutes and then you have your own brokerage account and you're free to uh, buy any stock that you really want. Um, and so what we uh, suggest here, and this is just a quick, uh, quick hitter um, as far as, as advice, um, we invest a lot in ETFs and essentially it's the same thing as what Acorns does. And what it does is it's a basket of goods and back to Warren Buffett. I feel like I've said that name, like three times, <laughs> but I'm, uh, you guys can tell I'm a big fan. Um, 
essentially he says that the trick is not to pick the best, you know, the right company. The trick is to essentially buy all of the companies. And it, that's what an ETF is. It's a basket of goods. You get a little bit of Apple, you get a little bit of Microsoft, you get a little bit of all the best companies. And over time you can create compounding returns as we talked about before. Um, it's just a, a cool way to start and a, an easy way to ease the, I guess the mindset of risk and you know, which company should I be, should I begin with? Well, here with an ETF, you can be, begin with all of them. So it's, it's pretty cool, but Robinhood's just a brokerage firm. And, and I know me and Noah like using it. And we've seen a lot of great reviews from a, a ton of our colleagues and the people we associate with. So I think those two are by far the, the most user friendly, especially for beginners. Definitely. And uh, I guess moving on to our next segment here, we want to bring in our first time talking about the the market news. We really want to give you guys applicable news each week or each episode that you guys can actually directly uh, learn from and put into your, your portfolio if you choose to. Uh, I think it's important to mention that Corbin and I aren't licensed professionals in any uh, in any manner. We're not licensed financial uh, brokers or investors. And uh, our advice is strictly just for educational purposes only, and uh, we're not advising you to actually trade any of these stocks. To get into it, uh, we had a, a pretty exciting week. It was uh, kind of the beginning, the middle of earnings season, and that's always exciting times. Uh, we had Amazon, Tesla, some big names reporting earnings, and there was a lot of market movement. I, uh, I'll let Corbin get into it a little bit. Yeah, so our, our first company that's in our, our market news segment here is going to be Amazon. Uh, me and Noah and a bunch of our friends follow Amazon pretty closely, uh, pretty much, I mean, I do, just about every day, just because of kind of their Jeff Bezos star power and a few, I mean, they just buy and sell everything. So, you know, they're big movers and big players in the stock market. And so um, to go along with their news, they were expected to report earnings at $4.72 per share and actually came in at $7.09 per share, which is absolutely ridiculous. And we thought that was astonishing. And their their stock price showed it, uh, just huge gains. Um, the crazy part about this is, is, Jeff Bezos has a few more tricks up his sleeve. Which he's not done of, yet. Yeah, exactly. He is. He's pretty scary. And uh, so he has uh, uh, changed uh, two-day free shipping uh, for Prime users to one day. So that's an increase in added value for uh, customers. And then also they just launched their freight brokerage platform, which should be pretty scary to the UPSs and the FedExes of the world. And they're planning to undercut their competitors in the freight industry by 26 to 33%, uh, according to FreightWaves.com, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. It just seems as though they buy their way into just about every industry and knock it out of the park every time. So and pretty cool to follow and watch. Going along those lines of just buying their way into any industry, they also just, I mean, being if not one of, if not the most valuable company in the world, are they still number one? I believe they are. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. When I mean, when you have that kind of notoriety and that kind of cash flow, you can uh, invest eight hundred million dollars in the first quarter into getting prime shipping down to one day, which is just absurd amounts of money. But it shows what Amazon's really capable of. It's it's pretty exciting to watch. Like Corbin said, a lot of movement. Also, um, a cool update, uh, JP Morgan, um, is a banking industry leader right now. Their current CEO is Jamie diamond. Um, what is really cool about this story though, is they, um, have two candidates, two women candidates in line to possibly or potentially be their next CEO. And I thought this was cool to include, uh, Marianne Lake and Jennifer Peepsack. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Kind of a hard those are horrible names for podcast announcements, announcements, but we'll roll with it. Peep Zach um, are, you know, huge execs for JP Morgan in their banking, banking industry. Marianne Lake is going to leave the, her role at CF, as CFO to um, head their consumer lending business. And then Peep Zach is going to leave the consumer and credit lending business to become the chief financial officer. Um, and in this, um, what's really cool about this is that, in the banking industry, uh, women are, there are not many women in senior executive roles. And just to see that process and changing um, to include women on Wall Street and in the banking industry, the investment banking industry is really cool to see. And it just is a, an amazing opportunity for women to showcase their uh, leadership skills. And it's a great opportunity for, for the future of women um, in this industry. So I thought that was cool to add. I definitely think uh, it sets a precedent, like you said, for the rest of the industry. And I hope uh, we see like a, that trend continue and gain some popularity in that industry because it's definitely, definitely heavily uh, outweighed. Sure. Um, to continue on, uh, this week Tesla announced some earnings, which is always an exciting time each year. Uh, right. Every Yeah, everyone knows Elon Musk. Uh I don't know, comes out with some interesting news. Pretty much it feels like every other week there's new news about what Elon and Tesla's up to. But uh, he conveniently uh, decided to stick in Tesla's, uh, I guess you could say, announcements, uh, future announcements, announcing a bunch of tech uh, conveniently right before a terrible earnings report. So they lost $2.60 a share, which is a, a pretty rough loss. They were only expected to lose $0.69 cents a share. So definitely, uh, definitely bad earnings report there. Yeah. But they, uh, they recently announced that they paid off like $980 million in debt last month, which is obviously huge. And I could see how that could take a pretty big toll on their earnings. Um, but like I said, Elon Musk always, always surprises investors. And uh, right before earnings announces a potential insurance platform, which is just bizarre for Tesla as the future EV car company to get into an insurance platform, but Elon's all about expanding their businesses, even if it's a little too thin. And they also announced uh, that all Teslas being built currently have the tech in place for full autonomous driving. And he's hoping, he's hoping, keyword there, that by next year, uh, there's going to be a ride-sharing network of autonomous Teslas all just driving around the country. And when you're at work, you can send your car out to go do some Uber driving for you, and it'll make you money on the side and then come back to pick you up at the end of the day. So 
definitely some interesting uh, announcements there. I don't know how accurate his timeline is. It seems like he's always usually a year off or whatever uh, on all of his announcements. So we'll see when it when it actually comes out. But it, it seemed pretty conveniently timed right before a pretty bad earnings report to get investors fired up. I hope he pulls it off because I want a Tesla in the future. Yeah, Don't no want him kidding. to see him go. But that about covers it. There's plenty of more news, and feel free to contact us. We'd love to discuss it with you guys further. Um, but that, that, that about covers it for our market update this week. We want to welcome to the show Carter Gornick. Uh, Carter is a good friend of mine and Noah's. Um, I've heard about his past. This is kind of cool. I'm here. I've heard secondhand for a long time Noah talking about the great Carter Gornick, <laughs> all his success stories going off here and there. And I've never heard it from him. So um, I think it's cool. I'm part of the audience and I'm excited to hear his story. Um, Carter, do you want to go ahead and introduce kind of, um, I guess, your background? You know, what do you do daily, maybe your job and where you go to school and s- stuff like that for us? Sure. Uh, first, I want to say thank you guys for having me on the <laughs> podcast. I'm really excited to talk about investing with you. But uh, for those of you listening who don't know me, I'm a student at the University of Iowa. Um, I'm majoring in finance and accounting right now. I'm an intern at Principal Financial Group uh, for this spring semester, and I'll be with them in the in the summer. I'm back to school in the fall. Uh, I love to I love to trade and invest. It's my it's my passion, and yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. Very good, very good. Uh, so, what we wanted to get into, um, so. Our listeners, we got a lot of feedback from our first episode, and kind of what it was was we had several different levels of experiences and experience levels, and so we kind of wanted to give or allow you to give your take on kind of your journey and how you went from where you very first began until now, and if you want to just, I mean, chime in here, but just give us a rundown of, you know, how and when did you know the stock market was something that interested you and kind of what specifically drew you to investing and trading and just the ins and outs of how you began? For sure. All right. So I first encountered the stock market um, when I was a freshman in high school. I remember I, I was taking a, um, a CAD class, like an engineering class and um we were in a computer lab. So every day we'd log on to the computers to do whatever work we had. And on the, on the, on those computers, the default homepage for the browser uh, was Yahoo finance actually. And so every day I'd log on and I'd see uh, these tickers and numbers and green and red, uh, green and red. And I'm like, okay, what is this? Like what's going on here? So just going into that and seeing that spark some curiosity uh, within me. And so I just started to look into it, kind of watching uh, stocks, like see where they were going. Like, I really had no idea what what was happening. But um, so after that, after kind of encountering it, I went to my dad because my dad, uh, he, he works for Principal Financial Group, uh, where I'm currently interning. And he, I don't know, he was someone who I thought would know more about it. And so he he helped me out. He pointed me in the right direction. And he, he pointed me to some books that he had read in the past. 
And that's where it really started to started to hit to hit me. You know, I I started kind of paper trading, but not really. So I wouldn't actually have any money in the markets, but I would watch certain stocks and I would say, okay, you know, if I would have put this much money in there yesterday, you know, here's how much I would have today. Like kind of silly, silly things like that. But um, I guess my strategy <laughs> beginning uh, as a freshman in high school was to go on onto Yahoo Finance, go on the biggest losers for the day. So the stocks that were down the most. And I would say, okay, you know, maybe this is like oversold or like now it's on sale. Like it's 20% off today. So what if I bought this today and held it for the next week? Where would it be? So just kind of uh, that, you know, exploring that curiosity got me into the, into the markets. And once I learned enough, I went to my dad and I asked him like, Hey, how do I, how do I put some skin in the game? How do I really invest in the stock market? And well, it turns out, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, I was like 14 years old and, and he's like, well, you need a, you need a, a special bank account to be able to trade stocks. So he opened a brokerage account for me, uh, through Scott trade. And, you know, at the time I was working my, my weekend job at the grocery store, bagging groceries. And I had saved up some money. Um, so I threw, threw some money in there. And the first stock I bought was Apple stock at 112. And I remember that was the most exciting moment, just hitting send on that order. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and I like to say, I put my entire savings into Apple stock. <laughs> I put like $3,000 into Apple stock. And I, I don't know, it was, it was just really exciting. Um, I figured, like I had been watching a lot of other stocks and I didn't know exactly where to put my money, but I knew that until I figured out where it should go, Apple was a safe pick. Um, even, you know, I knew, I knew about diversification, but I knew that also that Apple was a safe bet until I could figure out how to diversify. The markets were you still have those shares. Um... I can't, I I don't know. Um, That account is still open. Um, And I do own Apple in my current account. Um, But yeah, I guess, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I sold most of it off, if not all of it. So I am just curious, when you went to your dad at like 14, 15, 16, however old you were, was his (laughs) initial reaction like full of support or did he like question it at all? You know, that's a great question. And thinking, like, looking back, I'm surprised he was um, so encouraging because, you know, if <laughs> if I had a kid and he came to me and he wanted to put money in the stock market, I would, I would say no. You know, I would point him away from that just because, you know, it's so, it's so complex, especially for, like, a young kid. Um, but he was really encouraging and he made sure – that I did my due diligence. Yeah. I did my research and learned about it, so it was safe and not um, as risky as the market is sometimes portrayed to be. But yeah, I, I'm lucky to have him as uh, someone who really encouraged that that curiosity because it got me to where I am today. Yeah, that makes total sense. I uh, I can also see how that support, like early on, probably led to like greater success. Now, getting started early is obviously pretty important. And like you were able to get started awfully, awfully early with that support. Uh, so uh, earlier in the show, actually, we um, as part of this, we talked about um, financial literacy 
as a as a language and getting started from a young age um, and starting to learn and just expose yourself to those things. And I think that could have, I guess, you had an advantage, you know, going, uh, being interested as a 14-year-old. And then on top of that, having that support from your dad, that's really cool to hear. So, yeah. I yep. guess to, uh, to ask you, like to move on, I wanted to ask you, knowing how you started, if you had to do it all over again or uh, advise someone starting now, how would you recommend that they get started in the stock market? So for someone looking to get into it um, with no prior knowledge, so someone who's hearing about the stock market for the first time, I would tell them to assess their goals. What, what do you want? What do you want to get out of investing or trading for that matter? And there's a distinction. We can get into that. Um, what do you want to get out of it? And how much time are you willing to commit? Because this is a way, investing is a way to generate income. And like any other job, it requires time and uh, training. So if you're not willing or ready to commit a certain amount of time every week or day to this, then just wait. Like, don't don't get caught up in the hype. I think that's what a lot of young kids do, um, and they get they, they get really greedy, and that's super dangerous in the markets. Markets are based on fear and greed. And if you get caught up in that, then you could get into some real trouble. So um, just ask yourself if you're committed. And if you are, then I would direct you to, um, I guess, YouTube and Investopedia to really learn terminology and just fundamentals. I think it's hard to go wrong there. Um, eventually, once you get into more strategy, uh, everyone's going to have a different opinion. So for intermediate traders, I guess that you'd have to take a different route. But yeah, for beginners, learn the fundamentals, assess if you're committed or not. I like that a lot. I think that's actually uh, very important. I was actually just talking to Nick the other day about how important it is early on, right when you get started to lay out your goals, because that like heavily affects how you're how you're going to trade if like you want to make a bunch of money in a year versus you want to make a bunch of money by the time you retire those are two very different things in laying out like your expectations and your goals early i think heavily dictates how you're going to trade and keeps your expectations like in line too absolutely well said um i guess you kind of touched on it briefly but do you want to expand a little bit more on like the differences between trading versus investing and kind of how you got into like, obviously you're in both now you trade and invest long-term, but I wanted to hear a little bit more about like how you got involved in short-term trading versus long-term. Um, the difference between trading and investing. So I think the goal is the same for both. So goal is to take money out of the market. I mean, that's just, that's just the, the fact, you know, with investing. Well, I, I guess you, you kind of need the same. It's, it's kind of the same discipline in a sense. You need to be committed for both, like I said, and you have to have patience for both. Um, obviously, with when you're short term trading, you're going to know if you made if you made the wrong choice. Uh, pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. or the right choice for that matter. Um, I, it depends on your time frame, but how I got into trading, I guess was, I mean, you know, I was, I, 
I still am pretty young and I, I'm not as patient as I could be. So maybe that's, that has something to do with it. But also, um, after, you know, several years of watching the market, you'll notice patterns and trends and opportunities. So there are opportunities every day uh, in the market to make money, to put probability in your favor. So um, trading is more about using probability. Um, investing is, I, probability is still an element, but if you're confident in your research and the fundamentals of a company, because investing requires uh, due diligence on uh, company reports and forecasts and uh, you know sector performance, it, it's just kind of a different ball game. Um, with, with when you're investing, uh, you want to uh, return alpha. You want to return um, money greater than what the benchmark, like the S and P, returns. Um, in trading, I think you generally just want uh, return on capital. <laughs> yeah. In my experience, you just kind of want po- positive gains because it's uh, less of a sure thing, especially uh, with really short time frames. So definitely. What would you say set like what's the biggest thing that sets apart successful traders versus those who you know fail? Mm-hmm. Um, there can so be multiple things. I mean, there are there. I think there are three things. Okay, three things. Um, so I'd already mentioned commitment. So that's a that's a huge thing. Like, are you committed to this? Are you willing to treat it almost like a job? Um, and then after that, I would say close uh patience and self-discipline are two and three or tied for a second um self-discipline is huge like especially with trading um you have to have a trading plan uh when you enter a trade okay you have to know when you're going to get out if it's for a loss or a gain you just have to know um and if you don't you know you're going to lose money you gotta just gonna have to be a robot because the markets are, uh, the markets function off of fear and greed. And if you get caught up in that, you're going to lose. I mean, that's just, that's just the fact. Um, and then with patience, that's a huge thing in trading too, because I'm sure you guys, uh, at least know, I know, um, the shorter the time frame, uh, your trade, you know, the less certain you'll be on the outcome. Yeah. Can you testify to that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try and make quick money, you know, every, every new trader who gets into it seems to want to get rich really fast. And, you know, that's the quickest way. I mean, you're just going to take on more risk if you're doing that. Um, not, not bashing it, but, um, yeah, I, I would just say try and be more patient, uh, especially when you first get started. Don't jump into those day trades. Uh, I'd agree. Try yeah, I have a trading plan for sure. Yeah, I would agree, especially with what you said about a trading plan. It kind of even goes back to having a long-term goal of what your trading is, but on a very micro scale. It's like having a goal of what you want out of each individual trade and sticking to that plan so that you're not like caught up in emotions and stuff going on that you didn't expect. I mean, there's a lot of things you can't predict in the market, so like putting everything in your favor and trying to like put all the probability in your favor is definitely the most important there. Yeah, definitely. Um, like just last week, like even though I've been trading for, I mean, I guess five years and that's not a long time. Um, 
relative to other traders, but I still get caught up in the emotions. Like it still happens to me. I can still get better. Like last week I was in a Roku trade. Um, I had like a, a, an iron condor on, on a Roku, on Roku on like the one hour I was watching it. And I said, all right, I'm going to stop out if it closes below here. And the stock dipped below the price, which I was going to say I was going to sell out. Um, but it didn't close. It didn't close below that line like I had uh, established in my trading plan. But I still closed the trade for a loss. Like that that fear, I, I was kind of scared of losing even more. Yeah. But the trade ended up working out. I would have been, it would have been a profitable trade, but I would have stuck to that plan. So, you know, traders, if, if you're a trader, you'll, you'll understand that there's always room to improve. There's always uh, ways to get better. That's great insight. Um, I'm interested now that you say that, like how long did it take you? Because we have very like beginners just starting, like wondering what stocks to look into, you know, what index funds, what even is an index fund or how do you buy ETFs? Um, mm -hmm. How how long did it take you to develop and know that you need a plan and you start to, I guess, develop your own fundamentals? What What was that experience like for you? Um, so, I mean, uh, this could, it could happen naturally, I, I guess, but what, uh -huh. like what materials, like how long did it take you to develop the, like the plan and, and how you go about finding those, those trades? Yeah. I was just going to add on to that. Like where, where do you think you learned your strategy from? Where did you learn your discipline from? Where did that come? Like, where did that start? Mm -hmm. It's an adaptation of other people's strategies for sure. Um, definitely trial and error was, was, is a huge part of it. Um, but also seeing other people, how they trade on YouTube, um, adapting my goals and my lifestyle, honestly, to that. Um, because, you know, now that I'm working at an internship, I don't have the capacity to watch the market all day. So I can't take positions that require um, constant attention. So, to, I mean, my advice to people who are still trying to find their own uh, strategy is uh, every every good trader has a strategy that works for them. So you need to find what works for you, what works for your lifestyle, and uh, what works with your goals. So, I mean, the trading plan, that that's kind of a... Um, I mean, that's not like a new or revolutionary thing. It seems like most good traders have one, so have them when they enter trades. So I'm not really sure exactly where I picked that up from. Um, did you? But I've known. Did you have that pretty early on? Like when you very, very first started trading, did you have that plan, or were you going in without that plan and then realized after some mistakes and after losing money that you like needed that? I think I had it pretty early on. Like it, it made sense to me logically. Yeah. I don't, but I can, I can tell you that I definitely didn't follow through with it. Um, in the beginning, I would say, okay, if it goes here, if I'm down $200, I'm going to sell, or if I'm up this, I'll sell. But, but I can tell you that certain times if it went down, I wouldn't want to sell for a loss. You know, yeah. That make that makes it real. You know, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to wait. It could go back up. It could go back up. You know, that thoughts always in your head. Um, and, that's what that's what can destroy you in the market and uh once you have that discipline to really just execute 
just, you know, pull the trigger when it's the time. Um, that'll make you a good trader for sure. Ooh, uh, you talked about it's kind of a evolution and like a kind of a, a basket of different trader strategies and like you're combining different strategies from different types of people and stuff you've read and seen. Uh, what are your biggest role models or is there a trader that you would say, you know, you would suggest to the listeners to go check his stuff out right away or um, go read this or go listen to this. Is there any big role models that you've, you know, you've stuck with over time? Yeah, I, I would, um, I don't know, probably would be careful with the word role model only because like I said, you just have to trade, um, how, what, what works for you. So, and, and what, and you know, uh, the, the YouTube channel that really started, uh, clicking with me about that and other important trading ideas was the YouTube channel, real life trading. They, uh, uh, the guy who runs it, his name's Jeremy. He's, uh, very experienced trader and i think he has a lot of wisdom he he's a very conservative trader um and doesn't he's not like a guru like you'll find out there uh when you really look into other traders who boast all his you know multi thousand dollar trades or whatever but he he really preaches uh i think the principles that you that you need to have down um you know Trading is, there's a lot of information out there when it comes to uh, stock trading. And I'm sure you guys know that. Uh, so filtering through that is really difficult. And when you find someone like Jeremy from Real Life Trading, that makes it so much easier because he shows that he's 100% real. His advice uh, can help you, you know, accelerate the learning process. And I mean, that's just a diamond in the rough right there. I can... Uh personally testify to that as well. I think real life trading was uh, a great reference for, for people that are wanting to get into trading or are into trading. Uh, he's definitely more of a short-term trader than a long-term investor. I think, I guess that should be clarified, but sure. if you mm -hmm. are interested in that, I think like Carter said, he definitely is a good person that like sticks to the fundamentals and really preaches those. So it's probably a good person to learn from compared to someone like you said, who like really just like boasts their profits and boasts all these things rather than what they're yeah. actually sticking to and the, the trades they're taking and stuff like that. Not to mention he puts it all out there for free. You're going to find tons of subscription-based services um, that require you to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month um, blindly. You don't know what you're getting in some of these services. So um, to get the fundamentals, definitely, and to get into it a little bit more, Real Life Trading is a great resource. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is, I'm interested to know, what is like your balance between a long-term uh, maybe value investing or stocks you're willing to hold for several years, your balance between that and your options uh, trading and what, uh, what are your, cause there's a million ways to invest and a tons of different instruments uh, that you can get into. What's, you know, what drew you the most and what interested you the most and what's kind of your balance between the stuff that you get into daily? Yeah. Um, so like I said, you know, I'm I'm just 19. I've only been trading for several years now. And we gotta we gotta hold you back, man. You're a legend already. I can't imagine <laughs> to you when you're like 40 years old. <laughs> we'll ha we'll have you back on the show again. 
Okay. Okay. Well, so last year, I'll say last year, I I allocated eighty percent of my portfolio to long term stocks. Basically, this is my stock portfolio. So eighty percent long term holdings, twenty percent trading. You know, short term trades. And after last year, I realized, you know, maybe I could, you know, as I get better at short-term trading, I need to lean into that a little bit more and maybe reallocate. Um, so I've been been selling off long-term positions to put more into short-term trading as I get better at it. I don't know where that sweet spot is yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, for, for, I guess, for, for people getting into trading, that is all about risk tolerance. Um, your long-term investments shouldn't be uh, stocks that you really need to monitor every single day. And so, and I guess you wanna you wanna put a little bit more into that in the, in the long term because th- those are generally safer bets, especially if you do your due diligence and find companies that have great value for the price you're paying. Um, but yeah, you know. that totally makes sense. I, uh, I guess to, to, before we wrap it up, I have, I have one more question for you that I want to ask what you're, uh, what you're watching going into next week. <laughs> I don't need a full list because I'm sure away all your secrets. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot, but for, uh, viewers, if they hear this next week, what's something they should keep their eye on? Yeah. Um, well, I was just talking to you about this before we started recording, but I definitely have my eyes on, uh, NVIDIA right now. Um, Huge sell-off on Friday, kind of unwarranted too. Sure, it came from uh, all chip makers really took a hit on Friday because of Intel earnings, but I think in the long run, fundamentals are still strong. Um, chip makers, especially with AI coming out and developing, chip makers are going to be are great buys right now, in my opinion. So for short-term trading, for buying the dip for a long-term investment, I really like NVIDIA going into this week. Couldn't agree more. I uh, I think that's gonna do it. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I I hope our viewers can uh, learn some from your experiences because I know I sure have in the last few years learned a lot from you. And even just in this conversation alone, I think we both can like take away a lot from it. Is is great being on. It's great talking to you guys. Appreciate it. And real quick before we go, I just wanted to say you can follow this podcast at biz buzz podcast on instagram and linkedin to catch announcements and watch clips every week from the episodes we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening